Uh, so, Matthew chapter 6. So, this is, the, this, this is the Sermon on the Mount, but I, man, this is, this is gold, okay? There's a big topic in y'all's culture about mental health, am I right? Mental health is a really big deal. As I was reading this and I was praying about it, I was like, whoa, if we apply what Jesus is saying in Matthew chapter 6, we are going to be mentally healthy. So Matthew chapter 6, that is in the New Testament. So, and I, I actually did some research. There, are, there is research and scientific evidence for a lot of the points in Matthew chapter 6 to how that promotes uh, mental health in a good way. So let's kick things off in verse 1. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. So what Jesus is saying here is, hey, when you give, don't say, hey, everybody, I'm giving. So fun fact, um, so we're, uh, me, Sam, Kiri, and Miss Hannah, we are in kids' church. And so, you know, the kids, they give offering often. And uh, probably a couple months ago, we had one kid, I think they gave $10. So that, like, they walked in, they were like strutting their stuff, and they were like, Hey, I'm giving ten dollars. Like this is really loud, so all the kids would know, and they're like, "Wow, you have ten dollars!" And so that is how we're not supposed to give. <laughs> okay, so you know, on this topic of giving, I, I was doing some research of the power of what does giving do to our brain. So when we actually give, it releases endorphins that make us feel good. So, and I just want to get this out of the way. All this scientific facts isn't why we should do what Jesus is saying. We should do what Jesus is saying to be obedient to what Jesus is saying. And an overflow of that is we will have better mental health. We are doing this because we love Jesus. We're not doing it because it makes us feel good. I just want to get that, like make sure that is clear. So when we actually give to people, that releases endorphins in our brain that makes us feel good. And so they actually did a study where they gave people anywhere between 5 and $20. And they said, you can either keep it to yourself or you can uh, spend it on somebody else. And sure enough, uh, the people who used that money to give it to other people, they were more happy. And it's so cool. I mean, Jesus is saying, hey, we should give to the needy. And, and you don't need to flaunt it. You don't need to tell people about it. But when you do this... You're going to feel good, like, I got you. I'm going to take care of you. I mean, again, this, this will help us uh, to mentally be healthy and, more importantly, to be spiritually healthy. So let's uh, read in, um, well, actually, so this is really crazy. Uh, I, I just have to say this point. There was uh, a study, and it shows, are you all ready? Volunteering boost health. So we're talking about giving, right? I mean, time is obviously something that we can give to people. So it says volunteering boosts health, and this was specifically for elderly people. So the elderly people who volunteer are 44% less likely to die over a five-year period 
People, the elderly who volunteer, they are 44% less likely to die over a five-year period than those who don't. I mean, that's pretty powerful. I mean, it, it is so cool to see, one, when we are obedient to Jesus, that is the most important thing. That will help our spirit, but that helps our body physically, quite literally. And I just think it is so cool that, I mean, and it makes so much sense that the God that created the universe, the God that knitted you together in your mother's womb knows everything about your body and knows how your body works. So when you are obedient to him, we work well. I think it is so cool how God takes care of us in every single way. So in verse 5, And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. In verse 6, but when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. That is so good. Man, I, I've been in like uh, like um, prayer conference type things, and they're like, you know, these pastors, they have a great heart. And man, they will pray all these fancy elaborate words, and it's like, I'm not going to lie, like, sometimes I get lost. Like, I'm just like, what you're saying sounds really good, but, like, I'm not connecting to this. And, like, I mean, Jesus is saying, listen, God knows what you need. Say what is on your heart. No need for this, no need for elaborate words. No need to sound fancy or better or than other people. Just pray what is on your heart. That is what God cares about. He cares about your heart, not your education, okay? So in, uh, in verse 9, again, so this is the context of prayer. You may have heard this. I really like the order of this because it actually complements what we talked about last week uh, with the Beatitudes. It says, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Man, so last week in the Beatitudes, it was um, it, basically the first thing was we need to be completely dependent on God. And the first thing here is our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. There is something powerful when we fix our attention on God first. And everything else is an overflow of God's goodness. When we can get the most important thing right and just focus on God, man, and then, so it's, right? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. We're focusing on God. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven and give us today our daily bread. And I mean, bread, especially back then, because like I know now we all have these new fancy diets and carbs are bad and we got like gluten-free bread now and all these crazy stuff. But anyway, uh, all that aside, bread back then, those carbs were good and very necessary. I mean, they're walking all over the place. They need that energy. Daily bread is really important. When you have bread, you have energy. It was valuable. So I think Jesus is saying here, Come to God, glorify his name, praise his name. Lord, let your will be done. 
And God, give me the fuel I need to conquer today. God, help me have the fuel that I need to conquer today. And forgive us of our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. Man, forgiveness and repentance is so powerful. And it says, I mean, this shows you how powerful it is in verse 14. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. That's pretty deep. I mean, here it is so obvious and clear. It, and I mean, uh, last week it even mentioned, like, if you have an issue with somebody and you're about to, uh, you know, bring a sacrifice to the altar, make sure you go settle that issue with somebody else and then come back to that. Okay, we need to make sure we are forgiving other people and we also need to make sure when we have sin in our life that we come to the Father and repent of that. And then so in verse 16, this talks about fasting. And listen to the key word here. And when you fast, do not look gloomy. It doesn't say, hey, you should fast or hey, when like, if you should fast, it's like, when you should fast. Jesus is saying, I'm expecting you to fasting. It's not if, it's when. Like, we need to be fasting. So, uh, let's, fin- uh, let's read verse 16 through 18 really quick. And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces like their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Again, we need to be doing these things because we love Jesus. And if we are doing these things to be seen by other people, we're missing the mark. If we're doing these things to make ourselves look good, Jesus is saying, that is your reward. It will stop there. Okay, so going back to mental health, Jesus is saying when you fast. Jesus is expecting you to fast. And so did you know fasting actually improves your mental performance? It does. When you fast, it actually detoxes your body. When you fast, um, toxic cells are killed. Yeah, it is amazing. It's like a a reset in our body when we fast. So if you want to have good mental health, I want to encourage you to fast. Fast and seek the Lord. And again, we're not doing it because it is healthy for our body. We're doing it because Jesus is calling us to do it and because it helps our relationship with Jesus. And an overflow and a benefit of that is that it promotes our, our mental health. I mean, it, like, seriously, in this, in this chapter, we will see when we are obedient, it helps our spirit, and it quite literally helps us with our mental health. It helps us physically. That's how good God is. He is taking care of you. He, and, and when we are obedient, man, that is a recipe for success. So in verse 19, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. In verse 21, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. In verse 22, this is good. This is deep. The eye is the lamp of the body. 
So, if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. So there is some research. This is by a doctor. And again, um, I have all these resources. If you want uh, that, I can definitely give that to you. And he said, that I, when I read this, I was, um, honestly, it was, it, this is really sad. But this is powerful, and this lines up exactly with what Jesus is saying. The month after 13 Reasons Why, uh, 13 Reasons Why was aired, the suicide rate among 10 to 17-year-olds spiked by nearly 30%. And I think that's because of what it says in verse 22. Your eye is the lamp of the body. What you see is kind of what you get. What you see is how you feel. And the doc- this doctor says, you know, shows with positive messages, they can lighten our mood and better prepare us for sleep. Again, if, you, if you've done any research on mental health and being healthy, sleep is very, very important. But on the flip side, shows with dark or violent content can increase feelings of stress and disrupt sleep. Our eyes is a lamp to our body. If you want to be mentally healthy, watch good, pure things. That will set you up for success. I mean, so, and, and again, on the topic of mental health, if we're watching good things, that helps us sleep. And while we sleep, I didn't know this till today, while we sleep, there are actually toxins being removed in our brain. While we're sleeping, our body is being repaired. It is a beautiful, powerful thing. And if we are looking at things that hinder our sleep, we are affecting our mental health. And more importantly, we're being disobedient to our God and we're neglecting our spirit. But again, these things, as you can see, they go hand in hand. They complement each other very well. So uh, let's keep reading. In uh, verse 24, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. Jesus says this very simply. You cannot serve God and money. I mean, that's pretty easy. That makes a lot of sense. We cannot serve God and money. God needs to be our master, and we need to be the master over money. Money is a terrible master, but it is a great servant. Money is a terrible master, but a great servant. We have to make sure we are in control of money. And a great way to have that balanced and correct is no, the money's not even yours in the first place. God has given that to you. And when you understand it isn't even yours, it's easier to give. Money is a terrible master, but a great servant. And God is a great master. He is so worthy of us serving him. And it is a great, fulfilling life. So, in verse 25, this, uh, the last part of this chapter is titled, Do Not Be Anxious. You probably have heard, you might even struggle. Anxiety is a really big issue, especially with your generation, in our culture. Anxiety is huge. It's real. And Jesus addresses this. And if we can apply this, this is the cure to your anxiety. This is good. So let's read it. In verse 25, therefore I tell you, do not be anxious. If we just left it there, you'd be like, come on, Jesus. Like, really? I mean, obviously, just don't be anxious. So let's keep reading. 
I could just see like uh, Jesus like in his message, he'll just say, don't be anxious and just pause for a little bit. And people are like, really, Jesus, come on. And he's like, all right, I'll give you the full thing. So what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you'll put on. See, you know, it's like some love handles, no big deal. That's what Jesus is saying here. Um, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. The birds, they don't worry about their next meal. They just know it's going to happen. They don't have to worry about building a house because everything's covered for them because God takes care of them. And, and if you struggle with anxiety, these next words, what Jesus says, is so comforting. And uh, this is the end of uh, verse 26. Are you not of more value than they? In verse 27, and which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon, again, Solomon, this guy was really rich. He had a lot. That Solomon. Even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. He's saying, Solomon, he didn't even look good as the lilies. God clothed the lilies. He, he took care of them. And again, you are so much more important than the birds and the lilies. And Jesus goes on and says uh, in verse 30, But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear, or when will I get that perfect relationship? Jesus didn't say that. For, in verse 32, for the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. So Jesus, you know, he's saying, don't be anxious because you're more important than the birds. You're more important than the lilies. You're more important than the grass. And then, okay, you're saying, Jesus, that sounds really good. I want that to be a reality. But how? How, how is that a reality? Well, here's the answer. In verse 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And again, remember the Beatitudes? The first thing was we need to be completely dependent on God. The first thing in the Lord's Prayer, our Father, hallowed be your name. Lifting up God's name, praising his name. When we do that, and that's number one, he helps us with all the practical, all the physical. He helps us with our mental health. He helps us with anxiety and stress. We got to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. In verse 34, therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Jesus is saying, tomorrow... There's, it's going to be its own battle. How about you live today to the fullest? How about you ask for your daily bread? And again, in the Lord's Prayer, it's not saying, Lord, give me the, the bread I need for today and tomorrow. It was just for today. There's something powerful about being present and in the moment and saying, God, here I am right now. How can I live out your will, serve you, seek his kingdom? and his righteousness. When we worry about tomorrow and neglect the present, that's where anxiousness comes from. 
going back to science and mental health, did you know the, the part of your brain that, that processes anxiety is also the part of your brain that processes gratitude? So you know what that means is you can't be anxious and grateful at the same time. And if we are seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness first, I don't know. I think, why do I love Jesus? Oh my gosh, where do I start? I mean, God that created the universe sent his son here on earth to die on the cross for my sins so I could be forgiven of my sins and my imperfections so I could have a relationship with the king of kings and the Lord of lords. When I think about that, I can't help but be grateful. I can't help but be thankful because God is good. And when you think about good things, because the eye is the lamp to the body, what you see is how you feel. When you are looking to God, seeking first his kingdom, you can't help but be grateful and thankful. And if you are being grateful and thankful, you can't be anxious. That's how good God is. If you want to be delivered from anxiety, seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you.